The following podcast contains adult themes and adult language. Listener discretion advised. And although we joke, if you or someone you know is affected by or a victim of domestic violence, dial 1-800-799-7233 or visit the National Domestic Violence Hotline's website, thehotline.org. It's always the husband, it's always the husband, it's always the husband, I don't keep Hi everybody, this is Sarah, and this week, Megan is visiting a very cosmopolitan, a fun, modern, uh, just one of the best places on our beautiful planet Earth, South Dakota, this weekend, having a bunch of fun i heard she entered a uh queef- <laughs> queefing contest she's just not very good but her friends don't have the heart to tell her anyway here she's a great queefer <laughs> here in her place is my husband jamie taking over hello everyone great to be back yeah mildly pleasant <laughs> to be back we're glad you're here we are going to do an episode that isn't always the husband so it reverses our our kind of shtick here so you don't know who maybe committed the crime or not so it might not be the husband this week we watched a show called exhibit a and i'll explain that more when we start um and since it's around yeah (laughs) it was made like around 1997 um which you can tell um and our facts were again in the 90s so i have some fucked facts to tell you but First, do you have a glitter in your shitter? Because mine has to do with my facts. Do you have something this week that you liked that maybe other people might want to buy? Anything like that? No? Nothing? Not not one thing? Yeah, nothing that people want to buy. Well, I mean, what is something you like? I thought glitter in the shitter was more of like just share. Well, no, they don't have to buy anything. Usually we have things. That's why. But it could be anything you can watch or Well, other than... uh, being married to you, I guess. No, uh, sure. <laughs> I uh, got out of my goddamn sling. I got a. That's right, because of your jerking. Surgery and my, <laughs> dude, my your maniacal vigorous, jerking. My addicted, <laughs> maniacal, <laughs> vigorous jerking. Uh, yeah, that's a good thing. Getting out of your sling—that's a big step. Sure, we'll go with that. Honey. Well, and then in a few more weeks, you can start running again. <laughs> well, yeah, running too. Um, that's good. Well, mine is Shark Week. Ooh. Starts the 23rd. So if you have Discovery, you can watch it. Or you can go to dis- discovery.com and actually see the whole week's schedule and plan your time around it if you want. Uh, Jamie hates, <laughs> hates Shark Week, but Rachel and I love it. We used to watch it all the time to his horror and disgust. <laughs> Oh, but it's interesting, I think. What makes it even better is Jason Momoa is hosting the whole week. So you just get you get him with some sharks. It's the best thing I could think of. It's made custom made for you. Yeah, it is. So I'm going to watch that starting the 23rd. How can you still be like an, as much of an atheist or agnostic <laughs> as you are? What do you think? The universe hasn't conspired for you? You're too... That pretty too, much... That's, that's too, hard to... And your to describe a way, yeah. You love, yeah. That is hard to coincidence. <laughs> Just a coincidence. Um, I do have some since our crime took place in 1992, and we'd done just a ton of 90s. I have some facts for you again about a movie 
that I don't know, you might watch it. Jaws. Jaws, I got these from a website too, I think called MovieWeb or I don't know. Um, some of the major behind the scenes things, I think people that follow Jaws or Shark Week or nerds like that would know like the the mechanical sh- first off it was the first only the first of just a major film studio film to be shot actually in the ocean other movies hadn't done it before used a pool or used like a back lot lake but steven spielberg said no we're gonna There's shoot like above ground <laughs> well, backyard that, pool. Yeah. well that's what was used actually in this movie for one part um so the budget was four million but due to the shit from actually filming on the ocean with the unpredictable <laughs> waves, salt water, weather, and other people that use the ocean and animals, and it ended up being uh, nine million dollars of a budget. And this other people <laughs> just kept wandering into the sea. Well, they said that was one major Some issue: was people in their boats just kind of drifted in. <laughs> Some dink wearing his yellow speedo, just walking through, farting and itching himself. <laughs> burping <laughs> they have to... he's out there signaling for help i've got a, <laughs> yes. I got a treble hook in my nutsack with a nine million budget for all of the fuck-ups that have to do with filming on a moving ocean um it ended up making the first its first original box office 476.5 million dollars holy shit in 1975 so i mean it was like a massive hit which being um Released in the summer was also due to the huge fuck-ups that happened because everything broke. Cameras were flooding. Boats, like the Orca they went out on the end, flooded and sank (laughs) all the time. Do you think they'd be able to just make a boat that works? But they couldn't even do that. The the props guys. Like the the boat kept They probably got some unpaid intern. To f- go figure out the boat situation. So he goes down there and buys... The costumer. Yeah. Um, so that was shit. It was supposed to come out in December of 1974. And the book itself was published in February of 1974. That's how cl- that's how quick they got the movie rights. And then still, with all these disasters happening, they filmed it, made it, and edited it, and marketed it, and put it out. In de- that's unreal. That never would happen nowadays, you'd think. They're always, That's crazy. They're, yeah. I wonder if they got some kind of head start on the... They, you know what I mean? They, they knew must or have. They, were cute, they knew the, what the story was. Yeah. And they wanted to make a movie out of it or something. Because they thought, no way. But anyway, it was supposed to come out in December, but since there was some troubles, it came out in the summer, which by that time, Steven Spielberg, who wanted to quit multiple times, and he was a very unknown director. He Duel was the movie i don't know if you've seen it with a great big dirty filthy semi that you can never see the driver and oh yeah, yeah guy in a car that's just minding his own business I just know it's been it's been yeah. like re- re- referred to on family guy and he does nothing wrong but this semi keeps just driving one inch tailgating him following every mirror torturing him to the point where he has to like end up trying to kill he kills the semi driver by making it go over a cliff just like horrifying it starts off with nothing like a seinfeld nothing that turns into a oh geez anyway he was ready to just completely quit all the time and so he just slopped it together and put it in the summer and it ended up like blowing everybody's minds like i mean obviously making it was 500 million dollars in the 70s That's crazy. <laughs> yeah so it 
like uh star wars comes out in 1977 that you know changes almost everything about movies but he started like oh let's put a movie out in the summer when all these dick teenagers are home and have nothing else to do they'll go to a movie 400 times so that was a pretty good idea um the famous jaws poster where you see like the shark going up and then there's like the naked lady swimming oh, on yeah, top. Yeah. that was actually made for the book but then the movie people just stole it and made it their like sure. thing whatever um the shark bruce so there were three fake sharks steven spielberg called them bruce after his real life lawyer um was two hundred fifty thousand dollars again 1974 money each each one and they worked great but they tested them in just regular water tanks and then when they got in the ocean with salt water and poop and piss and seaweed like none of them worked ever so another reason steven spielberg spielberg was going insane on this movie is none of the sharks would ever work so he just rarely showed the shark which became an entire movie type genre to change horror like you don't show the yeah it's like you show it just builds suspense which was another reason it was so popular i think how it was made but when he had like the three barrels like they shot the harpoons into the shark and it was like three yellow barrels going (laughs) steve he's like i can't like the Shark doesn't work at all. How the hell are we going to have the shark in the movie? <laughs> it's just, I guess I'll just put like three barrels for 20 minutes of the film. And those will be the shark. And it totally works. Like, un- unbelievably. And then the last day when the shark was about to be blown up, Steven Spielberg ho- heard all the crew were going to throw him overboard in the ocean. And he was like. To like celebrate? Yeah. And he, yeah. he was like, fuck no, I'm not going in the water. And he stayed home. So I guess now to this day, he misses the final shoot or whatever for good yeah. luck or whatever oh, um okay. but i thought you can jump in the water you made your whole crew <laughs> in the water being tortured by the ocean for months jump in the water at the end be a, a regular guy go celebrate i, with all workers <laughs> I don't want to like, get my short my jeans wet because that's the fucking worst my jeans are wet have a tv dinner and drink some tab and then one last thing, there was Alex, there was Alex Kintner, who was the little boy who got eaten his ass up on the yellow floaty. If you remember that scene, what? like there's a little boy on oh, a yellow yeah, floaty. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. a Fourth of July, the sure. oceans and Jaws totally comes and just eats the shit out of him. And yeah. they like showed it really, like the mechanical thing, actually yeah. him going in the mouth. So it's pretty, it's kind of scary. It just comes out of nowhere. And then the mother was played by just a lady who lived on. Uh, Martha's Vineyard where they filmed it and was kind of the theater lady from that island and so she was <laughs> Mrs. Kidney so the, oh, I bet she yeah. became a pain in the ass no. for that movie um, but years later she goes to a Martha's Vineyard restaurant and sees on the menu it says Alex Kintner's shark sandwich and she goes <laughs> and tells the waitress you know I played Mrs. Kidner many years ago and was in Jaws. And so the waitress was like, hold on a minute. She goes to the kitchen and brings out this guy. And he's like, holy shit, I'm Alex, your kid who got eaten. He owned the restaurant. The oh. actor, his name was uh, Voorhees, Jeffrey Voorhees, not Jason <laughs> Voorhees. But I thought that was a weird story. Like, yeah. yeah so sh- they said she got her meal for free, which <laughs> I guess. Saved $3.25. Yes. Um. So that's just some facts about Jaws. All right. Yeah. So we watched this show, Exhibit A, 
Um, the host, it's set in Canada, as you can tell. It's like a Canadian show that tried to be like forensic files, I yeah. feel. Um, so the host is Graham Greene, who's been in Dances with Wolves. If you recognize yeah, him, recognize that's what he was him. from. He, I think he plays like detectives and stuff. Oh, yeah. Sometimes. In the um, I think so. And movies. He was in the Twilight movies. He was in Wind River. We saw that where he was a detective or policeman. Oh, yeah. Yep. He was in A Murder, She Wrote. She was in, he was in Thunderheart with Val Kilmer, if you ever saw that movie. Nope. Um, the Last of Us, which is on HBO right now, he's in. So he, he's actually a well-known actor, but for some reason <laughs> he's narrating this show that's so shitty. It's like a fourth grade AV club could make this show better. I don't understand why he signed his name to it, and this is an accomplished person. What is so person. the most bizarre thing? What's his name again? Graham Greene. Graham yeah. Greene. It's hosted by Graham Greene, but not actually hosted by Graham Greene. It's hosted by his him on a TV. Yeah. Like literally a 19-inch box TV, RCA, sitting on the counter. <laughs> and every scene starts with like the camera zooming in yeah. on the TV. Wow. And on the TV he is insist- Graham Greene explaining some situations. It's like he's like, I'm not going to leave my house. I'll do this, but I'm, my, my wife's going to press record and yeah. I'm doing it yeah. at home. So this story was interesting because it just seemed like, well, first off, the production values are literally in the shitter. You know, the acting is so bad when they like they show the scenes, but then they turn the volume on the voices down so low that you just hear that they're talking, <laughs> and then they just have somebody narrate over what's happening. You and then they Vaseline out the lens. You know, that's... It's very like just extreme emotive acting, and then oh god, and then you, somebody's explaining what's happening. Exactly. I mean, I think that's why too. Um, so that adds to the joy, actually, and it's only it was about twenty minutes, which is good. You can get, but this crime I felt was <laughs> it could have been solved in literally five minutes, but just things went awry. But there is extreme laziness. Um, that's like I thought. There's so little effort for these people that it it's just it blew my mind sister, you know? it, the, yeah there's a poor sister involved i, I just anyway, it blew my mind this, yeah so um all right so we're gonna meet a man his name is jason petrie he has an older sister tammy so she's the sister we're talking about jason's had some problems so during the reenactment first off they show tammy and jason like poking at each other or whatever like weird dicks but and they're sitting outside of a clearly shitty home like in the front stoop but they're just talking and having brother and sister time you know and and getting along and they're it's this current like they are like mid-20 adults and they're poking each other (laughs) obviously (laughs) something almost incestuous is implied here you know what i mean totally totally off you don't play like you're eight years old again yeah and as you're watching this and kind of grimacing at the gross incest you notice oh geez the brother's wearing a jean jean jacket like red jean shirt outfit which are like very canadian because it takes place in ontario but then this dick also has headphones around his neck and a walkman did you see the the old school cassette (laughs) big ass walkman but then i think i was in 11th grade and i went rollerblading with my walkman constantly i think we all had our walkmans until like nine when cds like oh, 95 yeah. 96 yep. he probably did I'm like oh my god that's not as horrible as i 
first thought because it takes place in 1992. But the thing is, he has like a lady's long cigarette that's unlit <laughs> his <laughs> mouth that's just hanging there on his lip. And, you know, not lit, the actor like yeah. being a badass, yeah. you know, I'm going to put an unlit cigarette in my mouth <laughs> and never smoke. So I thought, okay, already we're, you know, we're, we're getting good here. And they say about the brother and sister, Tammy and Jason, that even though they don't always get along, He's her little brother, and she loves him. So we're in Ontario. Just uh, Jason has just been be- released from jail. And I got the feeling that he's living with Tammy, but he has a room. So I wasn't quite sure if it was their mom's house or Tammy's house, but that it doesn't really matter. But he has a room in Tammy's house, but he also, they keep talking about the halfway house. And are you, I mean, are, can we still say halfway house? <laughs> Or is that like bad? Why would that I don't know. No, don't get me wrong. I'm sure somebody's found yeah. a way to be upset about that. <laughs> I don't know. I have. Look at that guy, our neighbor. He's going to the halfway house. I feel like that's an insult that grandpa would say. <laughs> like, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like, you can't say the nut bin. You should I say think what, what, sanitarium. What I, bet, <laughs> what I bet it was was that he probably lived with the sister, went to jail. It was a six month sentence for threatening, for breaking and entering and threatening his wife. His wife. <laughs> No, they were actually still married. So it probably legally still was his home that he broke and entered into. <laughs> and his wife said, get out, fucker. Um, yeah, so, but the halfway house is supposed to be for like parolees in a place where rehab drug addicts live, like a sober house. Or if you are actually out of the insane asylum, you you went to a halfway house. Um, so he is back and forth. So sometimes you think he's home and then he's not home, which is led is an issue of this case too. But now we see Jason <laughs> and this guy like picture. I couldn't even think like what in the hell is going on with this outfit. But if you pick <laughs> Joey Lawrence in the opening credits of Blossom ah, with the red, call. but take off. That's what this dick is wearing. Super baggy pants and a yeah. leather, black leather vest with no shirt. <laughs> no shirt. No shirt. The armholes are cut real yeah. in. Yeah. Like he has <laughs> lots of armhole. Like it is a, a, a sexier. Suits, baggy pants and a black leather vest. <laughs> a huge baggy pants. And he's going to go tell his ex-wife what's what. <laughs> and I thought, this outfit is... I mean, even when Joy, Joy Lawrence Bitch, wore it, did we like it? I loved you. <laughs> did we... Did we wear these clothes? Did we look like this? Yeah. No. They I, well, can't be I, true. I didn't wear a fucking leather vest, but I, I, I think about some of the pants I fucking wore. <laughs> like, remember Jinko pants and shit the men used to wear? Oh, my God. Like, Imagine me, a six-foot-six behemoth walking around with pants. It's got, like, 40 square meters of denim involved like in my pants. It's a parachute. It's a parachute that Leonardo da Vinci invented and just put it on one leg like a square parachute with a point at the top. You've got nesting birds. So this guy Jason is walking down the street again wearing clothes for Paul, pants for Paul Bunyan and a leather vest with real big armholes and no shirt. I cannot believe I want to yell out the window like been in horror. Anyway, he goes to Cindy's house. So Cindy is his estranged wife, not ex-wife. And we see in a reenactment that they're just screaming at each other again on the front step of kind of like, I don't know if it's supposed to be a shitty house, but it wasn't really. Um, but as they're yelling, he 
Jason's problem is he wants to see his son. So I guess he has a son in there somewhere. I don't know how old the son is or anything about the son, except there's a son in there. Um, but he, t- this is what you want to show the mom of your kid. And you just got out of jail and you come over to her house and you're yelling and you're jail for harassing her and breaking into her home. You're going to show her two airline tickets to take the son away on some weird trip and never come back. So he's raving these airplane tickets in her face. She's like, what in the hell? And then you see around the corner come two assholes like skittering through kind of like a... Uh, you know, from Trailer Park Boys, like a Trevor and Corey, two dinks come around, and one's a super nerd, like like a monster Urkel nerd, and then the other one has like the T-shirt with the cutoff sleeves, and they're watching and kind of like going burr, 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 about this fight that they're seeing between Jason and Cindy. They look like, oh no. So the police come and then Jason's going up to the police officer, like waving his hands, like, what do I do? What do I do? <laughs> and the police officer just is like, go home. And the nerd of the two that came. He's fucking idiot just got out of jail <laughs> for harassing his, for harassing this same woman. And again, immediately. Threatening yeah, to kidnap their son and flying waving airline tickets <laughs> yes. in her face. I'm going to go to British Columbia with that boy. Uh, I, and then then he's yelling at the cops. So as he's going, one of the two dicks that came to watch the fighting scene yells, screw you, buddy. <laughs> Very Canadian. <laughs> Fuck off, friend. Fucking loser. <laughs> so we see Jason angrily walking away, holding the airplane <laughs> tickets. Clenched in his yes. fist. Um, walking away and then Cindy Craig is one of the dicks that run up to Cindy and his name is Craig he's the one that has the cut off armholes in the t-shirt and um, he comforts Cindy as she's very upset that Jason just came and, and yelled at her again so as Jason's leaving and this is one thing that's weird that I caught when I was watching the show that they explain later is that this dude with the cut off t-shirt is yeah that, what's his name uh, he's Craig Jason Craig and it was actually friends with Petrie. Yeah, Jason. with Jason. They were, they were like buddies beforehand. They were probably high school friends. So what they didn't, never even really talked about was that, <laughs> you know. so obviously they probably partied together. Shit like that. He goes to jail for six months. He just slides right in and of starts course. fucking his buddy's, his buddy's wife. You know? Of course he, he does. Right He's like Mo who comes to the they, door. They don't even yeah. talk about it. They just kind of, you have to piece yeah. it together on your own. Of course he did. Just yeah, they can't say it. Banging yeah. his buddy's wife and that's just barely part of the... <laughs> So Plot Craig, yeah, and so Craig runs over to her right away, and it's like, well, because he's, you know, moved in on his on his friend's gal. Um, Tammy, meanwhile, the sister Tammy, meanwhile, is at home, very alarmed because she's realizing that Jason, who was supposed to come home, is not at home, and he has not checked into the halfway house at all. And so the halfway house, he has to, I guess, check into because. If he doesn't, they can say he ran on his parole or something. But then again, he has a room in Tammy's house. In fact, Tammy goes into Jason's room and you're immediately assaulted by like a movie theater size, like horror movie poster that I couldn't even tell. It's like a movie that I've never seen. Yeah. I'm like, like, what is this? Jason combined with some kind of weird demon. Like Phantom of the Opera or something. 
And then you pan over, and over his bed yeah. is like just a woman in like a swimsuit, but her tits are just just crawling, enormous tits. Yeah, <laughs> just only the poster is ninety three percent tits, and oh, then it was woman. So great. I, was, I wrote this stuff down too. If you don't mind me jumping yeah. over you here, just so the whole the whole pan of it is like. She she finds his she sits down on the couch and finds his cassette Walkman under her yeah. butt. She goes, "Ooh!" pops up and she says, "Oh, it's the Walkman of my brother." And, and he's been goes missing. Up his, goes up to his room. It's that horrible poster on the door. <laughs> then there's like two giant titty posters on the walls. One behind his bed. One behind the dresser. On the dresser is a shotgun with a slingshot. I watched. I backed it up like purposely to watch like what what stupid stereotypical shit are they putting on here? So it was a shotgun, a slingshot. Then it goes to his other dresser, it's knives, brass knuckles, drug paraphernalia, a human skull. <laughs> a human skull. He's like, "Ain't no thing." <laughs> just, what, just a skull. <laughs> what in the hell is What? That you for? ain't got no skull? <laughs> It's his piggy bank, then, baby. And then those weird, then the packs of cigarettes and weird ass Canadian packs yeah. of cigarettes. Like, <laughs> boys. Yeah, like two the darts or whatever. Two cigarettes and then go down for about 30 in a row. Oh, God. <laughs> so, yeah, this is room. This room alone, there could be a whole TV show about the room. Like, I don't, what, where, why are the violent things? Like, why, why with the, what's the movie and, you and saw? And the sister's just like, oh. Yeah, my I brother, he's I missing. And then she sees the loose cigarettes and the cigarette pack and the money. And she thinks, well, he couldn't go far without his cigarettes or money. And I just think, like, that's his cigarettes are just as important as him getting anywhere as his money. Like, he's just (laughs) laying on the side of the road because he's out of cigarettes. But he probably always had his cigarettes with him, you know, needing a smoke, too, like Ricky constantly. So she's really worried. My brother is missing he wouldn't be going without this stuff he didn't take off um so we have a missing persons report and it's inspector len favreau who i think had a brain and maybe wanted to work but maybe he had like 750 cases the same week that he couldn't really check on the the other cops or coppers working in the Canadian wilderness to see if they were putting some effort into it. I don't know, because he I don't seemed know. capable. He's, he struck me at first like fine, but as, yeah. as, as, the, as I watched the whole show, you realize, man, this guy was obviously pretty fucking dumb. Like, Because <laughs> <laughs> it was so obvious. It was so obvious, and he's like, just like, geez. how can he... I think he's just... He's obviously just like, oh my God, how do I tell this where I don't look like the world's most incompetent fuck, you know? Um, so police go see Tammy and interview her. And then they find out also that he hasn't checked into the halfway house and he's reported as now unlawfully at large because he has, they said he skipped parole. So if guess if you don't check in, they think you went somewhere else, but he totally was planning to go somewhere else because they saw this ass waving his two dumbass plane tickets all over when he's on parole and not supposed to leave. <laughs> so they think, did he just, you know, all the friends that they're talking to or other relatives are saying this asshole had plane tickets. Of course he went to British Columbia. He left. Um, he skipped out on his parole. Who cares? Um, Tammy doesn't buy it. And she goes to Cindy's house and starts saying, you know, bitch, where is my brother? And Cindy's like, I don't know. I don't know anything about that. And just is like, 
not he hasn't been here the last time i saw him was when he came and yelled at me um but tammy doesn't believe cindy she thinks she's a dirty bitch and is lying but she can't prove it and then we get to two weeks later and tammy is now very concerned because she's like stapling up missing posters that clearly has his like acting (laughs) face shot or whatever they're called um headshot yeah you know this dumbass jason the real jason wasn't taking these glamour shots so these are going up all over town because she knows this isn't like him he wouldn't just leave um and we get to one month later and it's always seems to happen is some some fool hiker in the woods is just wandering about and just obviously not on a path ever because it's just (laughs) middle of 800 trees wandering not on a path finds a key and then he pulls it out of the ground and it's connected to a chain and the chain is connected to a wallet and he actually then wants to look in it instead of drop it in horror he looks and it still has like a readable driver's license and paper in it um breaking you know dusting off the dirt and he sees that the wallet is jason's so he brings he brings it to the police and says i found this jason guy's wallet you know, buried in the dirt, and he's been missing for about a month. The police come in, invest. I don't think they're investigators. I think they were just like, what's under that? Like police. And they dig, for some reason, they just dig a one inch by one inch square and then call it a day. <laughs> I, think, I think they like had a bottle of bourbon and sent Mahoney and Hightower out to go <laughs> to go investigate but like the three stooges they f- show three <laughs> shovels at the same time digging into a one inch hole and they're like clink gar and <laughs> one guy slings it ever. over his shoulder and turns sideways and <laughs> dong hits the other two in the head Bonk. i mean it's total three stooges or then i thought it's like it's a mad 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 world where they're digging under the big w or that simpsons oh, yeah. <laughs> they're all yeah. digging in the hole I mean, just idiots. But then you Dig see, up, stupid. Yeah, you see, it's just like they barely have moved a foot or anything of dirt. It looks like complete, just lazy nonsense in the reenactment. And you think it can't really be like that, but it really was. I think. Well, in the end, yeah. Police come up empty at the scene, and then police think, "Gosh, this Jason guy seems really smart, really with it, and highly educated." That it seems like he could have taken his own ID and buried it into the dirt in the middle of a forest, in the middle, not even on a path, like in between close together trees and <laughs> shit. Well, that's where I lost respect for that detective. Because <laughs> like, at the first interview, he seemed competent. And then this one, he says, well, we found the, we found the wallet lightly buried under some leaves. And we thought... Well, this might have been part of his strategy to get rid of his old identity. Like, that's what he was going to do? Walk out in the middle of the woods and lightly bury his wallet. <laughs> and then this he will just... be my ceremonial <laughs> rebirth. I'm gonna... And he changes his name to Richard Simmons. Just two versus Richard Simmons or Yanni. Because nobody knows what Yanni looks like. I mean, what the hell? Why would this guy do this? Just a Richard Simmons impersonator. <laughs> Ricky Simmons. Tours Canon to Canada. I can't even believe why they think he would do this. What in the like, hell? That's what I mean, like, for that detective to even repeat that stupid statement. <laughs> <laughs> you might have had some, been drinking some Drano or something. Varnish. Like Barney. 
Um, so Tammy's like, God damn it. These men and these cops and she goes and tries to dig on her own but it looks like she also only digs like or in the wrong spot or whatever she sits down on a tree and is just like frustrated like putting her hand on her head and going gosh i can't find my brother (laughs) super frustrated and just like uh not knowing what to do and literally three years then goes by not anything happening on this case until Tammy goes on a After TV detectives program. After put in a solid 15 to 20 minutes of work. <laughs> it goes, the, the case goes cold oh. for three years. And it, I mean, the answer is literally just right in front of him. I just, it's so stupid. Yeah. Um, in many ways, it's right in front of them. So Tammy goes on some TV program that's like a missing persons or unsolved mysteries, probably Canadian version. Um and she brings up Jason's case again on TV. And so watching the TV show is this total fool geek nerd that was with Craig that day that he saw Jason fighting with Cindy. And it's just a super nerd. And he's watching in some sort of <laughs> underground <laughs> cement bunker <laughs> where it's like well, Jason like, Voorhees is holding him hostage. Was, I had to be. I was thinking about that. What a weird scene that was. And I was like, <laughs> is that like some kind of at a studio? Do they have like where they shoot rap videos and shit? Because it couldn't have been more stereotypical. I don't. It was but, like the old the the gray cement blocks. And yes. just nothing but graffiti spray paint, it, fluorescent lights, a TV sitting on the floor, <laughs> and he's like standing up yelling at it I like know. he's Eminem or something. He's screaming at the. T- <laughs> but then it looked like like speaking of. Uh, Police Academy, like Police Academy Two, <laughs> where like the Bobcat Goldthwait had the underground lair. <laughs> it was all graffiti and cement too, because he lived like in the sewers in the zoo or something. <laughs> he was the gang leader that the police had to capture. <laughs> so he looks like he's living. It in, might have been about the same area. Yeah, he was living in the Police Darryl, Academy Two zoo bunker. And he tells the girlfriend that somehow with him, there is a there is a girlfriend here that said, yeah, okay, I'll go into your underground bunker. It it's like, shitty. Like Marilyn Manson did. I said it looks like Alice Cooper. <laughs> <laughs> a younger Alice Cooper, maybe. Yes. Alice Cooper's younger self. This girlfriend is sitting there looking at her douche boyfriend, and this douche points at the TV and goes, hey, I whacked that guy i killed him and i buried him aren't i cool (laughs) and alice cooper is like oh i don't know about this shoot but she decides then to go to the police and say i was with this guy and this guy said he killed this other guy in this tv show or something (laughs) she's dressed in total shitty clown makeup (laughs) she looks like like bozo the clown's depressed sister she's like yeah comes all big Lip hoop and dark eyeshadow and black lipstick. And but only y'all the face know is Darryl. white. <laughs> like the face is white, but not any of her other body. You know, like I don't think Goss like just had a clown makeup on the face. <laughs> I don't know. What do I know? But anyway, she looks like well, a she's fool. She's hanging out in a basement with Daryl. <laughs> she's in a mirror, maybe. So she says the boy. P- police are like, well, who's this douche boyfriend? And his name is Daryl Walchuk. That's a pretty nerdy name. Daryl, again, Nobody was with Craig. Is, is, is bright. <laughs> Daryl and my other brother. Daryl. <laughs> what was that from? Newhart or something? Bob Newhart um, Yeah, show. what was that? This is the dumbest bit. <laughs> week after week. Um, 
so anyway, these two, Daryl was with Craig. Craig is Cindy's new boyfriend. And they had been present at the Cindy Jason fight. So police asked the Alice Cooper girlfriend, can you get Daryl? If he says he buried him, can you get him to show you where he buried Jason's body? And she goes, I guess. And they go out in the woods and police are following and watching. And it's pretty close. The spot he points out is pretty close to like exactly where they found the wallet. Go, hey, you know how the other day were you talking about how you murdered that person? Why don't you, why don't you show me where he's buried? <laughs> but it's very close to where the wallet was found three years earlier. And here's where we see a dumbass forensic anthropologist that states the obvious over and over. And he uses like 400 words to say nothing like what I'm doing now. But we get the point is um, he's like, how do you find the burial spot where you just kind of look around until you find the burial item? I mean, it's like... Well, he goes... I wrote this down, too, actually, because number one, it was fucking funny. His lab is like... Got big shelves of human skulls, and they, they have all like half lighting on there and trying to make it all... Make it all... Oh, my God. That dude... And, and the, you're, you're exactly right. They said, well, Jeff Melpy, the forensic anthropologist, explains how he finds a spot to start excavating or whatever. Durr. I look for the disturbed soft ground, but sometimes animals can disturb the ground, and that leads us astray often. That's how, that's how yeah. So you're like, you just, you yeah. don't know, yeah. <laughs> especially three years later, you just dig. So then the police search again at this burial spot that's where the wallet was found, and they come up empty again. And this is where they show like these dumbasses go back to the police central or whatever and say we couldn't find a body again in the spot and that's where i felt inspector len said god fucking damn it because they show him taking him back to the site he's like i just wanted to try again and this time they actually dig like five feet down and they find everything they find like a address book which i don't understand why he was carrying around an address (laughs) book in his pocket in those days remember i used to have in my wallet like a fucking like 50 50 phone numbers you know what I mean? Like when the first phones came out, like the old oh, like, yeah. first thing or whatever, or just you call them from home. I'd have like in my wallet like a list of like fifty people's phone numbers. <laughs> so maybe this dumbass. Oh, I just said, oh my gosh, and that was intact, which is unbelievable. And the body of Jason that was found obviously deeper. If these idiots could have just dug down, they could have saved the horrible tortured waiting and unknowing of his sister and family and found him in one month if they would have just dug in that spot they would have found him in one month that's a spot where that's a part where you need to remember that they were there one the exact spot one month after he went missing and well if they had that anthropologist's advice to get a look for the soft upturned the disturbed ground i mean because if they would have looked at all obviously i mean a month later, that ground is obviously going to be. You know what of I mean? You're going to look at it. Of course, it's all still yeah. disturbed. Especially when, oh especially when you uncovered the wallet. You I know, know. It's probably literally right <laughs> there. You're they probably were so under, lazy. Like, do you remember the shovel? Ah man! <laughs> oh, that day, yeah. Uh, <laughs> we didn't do a great job. So this poor guy has been there and could have had his murderers caught so much sooner, which is maddening for Tammy. 
Um, but they tell her after they kind of look, search the scene to help the case. That's horrifying. Still is the body. They just look like they tossed him in cause he's kind of head down, but it wrapped around the root of a tree and the tree was obviously growing through him or something. Cause the body is wrapped around it. So sometimes they'll find when they dig people up, like tree roots have gone through them, which will happen, I guess. But his body was intact almost you know i mean not that much uh decomposed because the idiots also threw lime on the body but the kind they threw on it did the opposite of breaking the body down it preserved the body and so he almost didn't decompose at all like they said that nerd guy (laughs) said again like it blocks bacteria and all that stuff so it totally preserved him almost perfectly which is good because they could get evidence off of it. So, I mean, just idiots. Um, when he's autopsy, they're like, yeah, he was murdered. Well, most people don't naturally die in a hole wrapped around a tree. <laughs> you idiot. Of course he was. Jesus. Just, just some elaborate booby trap. <laughs> oh, you got me, Kron. <laughs> I know a 96-year-old just cleverly falling into it. Um, but his, he was tied up. His legs were bound with rope. And one leg was very recently broken like at the time of death police have to go to tammy and tell her they found her brother's body which in one case she knew all along he never just abandoned and left she knew something horrible had happened but now she has a body so she's you know happy in one end and like now we got to find out who did it police bring in this daryl um the nerd boyfriend for questioning finally because he pointed out the spot and that's where they found it and daryl's acting like like again on trailer park boys is acting all hard at the police <laughs> this guy is a total douche or nerd <laughs> a fool <laughs> he's totally trying to be j-rock and the police are like what is this dweeb doing and he's acting and then they said he was the type of fool that would go around and like say he did like total J-Rock. Like yeah. he did all these crimes and he had nothing to do with <laughs> any of them. Except he looked like a total just douche. Yeah. Um so the police they then say, All right, yeah, you did it. You murdered him, you buried him, so you're gonna spend the rest of your life in jail and you're gonna be, you know, the boyfriend of multiple men that are going to you know not make your day very good and when he hears that he starts immediately cry scream crying and tells everything he knows um and so he acts a huge bitch and they get the whole story out of him um so he says that freaking craig did it craig nickerson is the new boyfriend old friend of jason and new boyfriend of cindy so they decide, let's pull Cindy in and see what this bitch knows about this story. And she just says, I don't know, just left town. And then they say, well, why is a dead body in a hole? And then she starts crying and says, <laughs> and she says, like you said, Jason and Craig were friends. And then Jason went to jail. And so I just started porking Craig. Just, this lady can just pick winners. <laughs> she has, she has Megan's winners. picker. <laughs> The worst ever. <laughs> Should we start calling her Megan? Yes. Her new name is Megan Queef Queen. So, so they push out to Megan Queef Queen. <laughs> and she falls. Yeah. Megan Queef Queen says, eh, Jason, 
fought with me and then left and then Craig left right after him. And the next day, Craig came in his truck and he yelled at me like a huge asshole. So in the reenactment, like Craig's in his truck and he's like, get in the truck. <laughs> and Cindy's like, well, hell no. I I have a son inside. Same shirt on. It's like just paint. It's body paint. Yeah. Not a shirt. <laughs> <laughs> it's tattoo. Can you tattoo on a shitty green shirt? <laughs> Craig yells at Cindy and Cindy kind of is like, no, I'm not going to win that truck. And then he pretends he's like every dad, like pretends to get out of the car to go whoop her. <laughs> and she like runs into the truck. And I'm still thinking like, where is the son? Is the son inside? Who's watching the boy, the kid? So she leaves with Craig and Craig says, I'm taking you to my parents' he's cabin. Yeah, he I must bet. be. Craig tells Cindy that she needs to do some chores at his parents' cabin. She's like, oh, oh, what? When they get there, <laughs> Craig takes Cindy downstairs, and there she sees Jace's dead body tied to a pole. Like, horrible. And Craig says, says I'm going to take the body, and you clean up this mess. And she does. Like, she goes down and cleans up all this blood from seeing her husband's dead body in Craig, her boyfriend's parents' cabin with blood all oh. over like, I'm sure she was in, like... This poor yeah. woman. I mean, <laughs> yes. don't get me wrong. I'm sure she's an absolute moron. Yeah. But this poor woman. You know, just like a horrible, abusive <laughs> yes. husband. And now boyfriend. Shit. And now he's dead murdered in a pile and by your new boyfriend. So you, now, you're, now your next step is a murderer. Or I'm sure she just thought he would shoot her in the basement after yeah. she... I don't know. I mean, and then it would still be a mess to clean up. But I don't know. I'm sure she just thought, well, I... I mean, I can't even imagine. Um, so she tells the cops that she cleans up the blood and then Craig forces Daryl to help him bury the body. And Daryl is seen digging like five feet down like you probably would do. Which is so funny. It's like it tells you how fucking dumb this guy was. I mean, you killed somebody and you're bringing people into your crime. You know, so he brings the woman in so she knows. And then just some random dork you hang out with. You make him come dig the hole. And we learned Daryl was actually Cindy's neighbor, too, actually. So it was just some dork who lived next door. Um, they arrest Craig, but they need a little bit more evidence than just these two stories. So a blood evidence specialist goes to the basement of the cabin. They find that it is blood, but they didn't have enough for any kind of DNA sample. Again, this is 92. I don't even know if they knew it had DNA. They thought it was like 94. I don't know. Well, this is like 95, right? Oh, yeah, right three now. years later. That's right. So I, they must have, but it was probably very not sophisticated. Cindy then tells the police that after the fight, Craig went in a borrowed car um, and found Jason just walking around like Joey Lawrence about the town. <laughs> Craig pulls over in a car that is as long as the Mississippi, like an old long Thunderbird or something. I, know, I think it's like a big old, like a, I can't, I was trying to remember, but I think it's like a Pontiac something, like the one that's just a giant long, a trunk. Long as the hood. I drove something like that. Mine was a one I drove was a 1982 (laughs) Buick Saber. It was so fucking long. Literally, the trunk was six, maybe six feet, eight feet, maybe. The hood was about (laughs) about a foot longer, 
inside you could like st- you, like Simpsons put it, put it on cruise control and walk around <laughs> stand up and walk in the back seat that make was, a drink walk back up to the front that was my friend Christy had a Thunderbird and we could fit 12 13 <laughs> people in the front and back seat oh. and then when we she would turn it on it was broken once so we went to Brookdale that was like a beautiful mall yeah. in the hate mall heydays and now no longer exists um <laughs> Brooks in the whole way there <laughs> and a huge thunderbird <laughs> down uh, every road at every stoplight through <laughs> everything to the parking lot <laughs> Hoping it fixed itself somehow. No, the whole world just. Y'all looked at each other. Y'all made eye contact and looked at the floor, hopefully. Okay. okay. Gave a little nod. Give the key a turn. We'll see what happens. Can you imagine everyone around her was giving her the finger? There's a finger at every stoplight where it's just her behind something else. He's like, it's red. It's red. I can't go. I can't go, lady. I can't go. Oh, wow, that's <laughs> anyway. pretty good. Um, yeah. So that's that's this car, except shittier. And the, then you see Jason in his hot ass outfit come to the window, and Craig's like, "Hey, I have a half smoked cigarette. You want some, bud, friend?" I, I think it was a joint. He's passing. That's, that's <laughs> he, he lured him. So so. This is the guy who they just was like <laughs> screaming at in the driveway. Hey, fuck you, dude. Yeah. And then he drives after him and lures him into the car with a half smoked roach. You know? <laughs> so he jumps in like J Rock also yeah. would do. Jumps in the car and they see him dr- like drive off. And so I guess Cindy's telling the police that what really happened is they drove to some secluded park and got out. And I don't know what they're talking about. Walkmans, maybe the new kind, and then we get Craig who starts just wailing on Jason and beating the shit out of him, and then breaks his leg. Well, he's got a, somehow just got a big hammer in his hand. <laughs> hey man, oh, pick you up. Let's go to the secluded park. Hey, let's go for a walk. <laughs> oh, he's oh. got a big old like, three pound hammer. hammer. Bam! I know it just knocks him out and breaks his leg, and then drags him into the trunk. And as he's driving away in this big ass car, you imagine how horrifying. I, I, mean, I can't even imagine horror of that situation when you realize, holy shit, man, I'm gonna be killed. And dude I think what, smashes your leg apart with a hammer. Oh god! Throws you into a oh, trunk and, and you're shuts trying to get out. Down. I heard you're supposed the- to kick out the lights, and then there's something you can do to like flip open the. If you're ever in a trunk kidnapped, <laughs> yeah, you take the lights out, or and then something you can either wave your hand out. I guess they can just uh, be kicked out. Or there was something that you could f- somehow pull on something that, I, if you're ever in it's a It's going to be so hard to murder you. There's a hand uh, waving out of these trunks. But no, we don't have those cars anymore, so you can't fit shit in your trunk. Um, So he takes him to the cabin and then ties him up and then obviously murders him there instead of just, I guess, at the park. He murders him in the cabin, but I don't think he 
did anything to him, like even or tortured him or anything, except just to drive him to another scene to create more evidence <laughs> at the scene and show another person. So I don't know. I don't know why he had to change all these scenes from the park to the cabin, but then he takes him from the cabin and buries him in a totally another spot in the middle of the woods. So there's actually three scenes, which could be evidence central against someone in trial. So this guy is real dumb. So they arrest Craig and they have all the story of Cindy. They have his cabin blood. They actually show a whole long thing about how some dick scientist got into the trunk and just was hitting it like a, like a freak. Like I'm in yeah. the trunk and kidnapped and he hits it. And he said, oh, yeah, talking about the, <laughs> yes. the, 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 that's, the, you know, I like to make fun of friends <laughs> and this, fucking, this guy's title. First of all, his name is JP Menard. Yeah. And his He's a trunk is, scientist. Is too, <laughs> almost as bad. Toolmark Examiner. Oh, that's his title. Toolmark Examiner, and he's in there like he's doing science. He's wearing a lab coat. This <laughs> fucking idiot is crawling into a trunk <laughs> and hitting a lock with a with a tire iron. And Alfred's and, a dumber. But he's like wearing it's goggles and a, like a, just like a scientist. <laughs> and he has a microphone. Coat, and he goes going. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Every time he hits, even <laughs> scratches his chin, oh. takes some notes. He hits it and takes a notes okay all right and then then they say well according to my findings jason could have also been in a trunk that's what i'm saying is like how is this guy how is that involved in a trial it's so this but it was the original trunk that they tracked down of this car but I don't know. I thought that was odd. Evidence did convict or convince Craig enough to immediately plead guilty to second degree murder. So he could have had parole after 14 years. So I'm sure he's been long out, I think. Oh, yeah. Um, Cindy got 18 months for being a dick. Pretty much just not <laughs> telling police what she saw for all this time. And Daryl got nothing. They just said, oh, it was a dumbass and got he was under duress i think but if cindy was also under duress what was that uh what was that stupid reality show where the guy killed the woman and like had her in the tr- trunk of a car in his own junkyard a it reality so, show it was so popular like five years ago oh, i have no idea about some guy kills his wife Burn, she's yeah, in the trunk during no, the reality wife, show but he killed the woman oh Burned i don't know up. yeah you would totally know a reality it. show oh yes that um uh Stephen Stephen Wright Avery. Stephen no Avery. Stephen Wright is okay. a comedian. <laughs> Stephen Avery, yes. Yeah. Uh making a murderer. Yeah, All right. But he was guilty of the murder, I think. No, totally. But not the first thing he went to jail for. Um but yeah, so I don't know. Daryl got off, Cindy did not. And they were involved, I think, equally the same. So that seems weird to me. Um, but that I'm sure they're all out of jail for this horrible crime and poor Tammy, but at least she was right. The whole cop system ignored her and did nothing and did the laziest work ever. <laughs> I'm just going to dig for one second. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to take a hard five. They couldn't have even tried. No. I mean, think about a month. You, so you dig something up. You just. You had to smell rot, but I guess maybe it didn't. I don't know. Oof. Idiots. Oh, 
anyway so thank you and megan will be back next time and have a good week all right adios <laughs>